what's up everybody welcome back to the friday night podcast for friday october 14th 2022 how very exciting oh my gosh yes that's right i am on vacation and uh it's great it's awesome over here you know there's a bunch of things that have happened you know um You know, first of all, yeah, what's up with me and COVID and my mom and COVID? Uh, well, I'm pretty much doing fine. I still have some coughs. But, you know, I, I'm not COVID positive anymore. I don't have COVID anymore. But um, my mom also doesn't have it anymore. But she definitely has much stronger symptoms still. Like, she's coughing quite a lot. And, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit rough, I got to tell you. So, um, I hope she doesn't get it again of course I, I kind of got to do my part so that I don't infect her um, which is kind of annoying but it's something that has to be done I guess um, yeah uh, but anyways uh, plane that's right I'm not I mean you guys know as I've told you uh, I believe I said it last week, yeah, um, when I did, the, I think last week was when I did it with Cedric, right, the podcast, I think so, I think so, but anyways, uh, that's when we were talking about cars, but anyways, that's when I said, alright, this week, and actually a couple of days next week as well, I'll be in Turkey. Not gonna tell you where exactly. You guys are gonna have to guess that. Um, it's not Istanbul. But let's just say it's a place where the weather is actually perfect, which is, I don't know, amazing. <laughs> yeah, this might actually be better weather than San Diego, and I've never been to San Diego before, but I'm just saying that based off of the temperatures that i've been seeing when i look at the weather uh on the weather apps for san diego yeah uh that's where i'm kind of like you know what san diego might be a little too cold for me because i like it a little warm and I've, i i i get cold quicker than tr normal white germans do for instance uh that's definitely one of the things that uh, yeah, it's interesting, but anyways, so we were at the airport in Germany, waiting for a plane, of course, we had a, still like two hours or so of waiting time, and there was this lovely, lovely young woman, um, sitting next to us, so anyways, I went to the toilet, and I came back, and then all of a sudden I saw, I saw my mother speak to her. I was like, okay, what's going on here? And then, as it turns out, by the way, this was a woman from Jordan. Um, and so my mother and her actually spoke a little bit of Arabic, which my mother can speak. Um, well, I mean, she forgot a lot, but she can still, I guess, communicate in Arabic. But I was like really surprised to hear my mother uh, speak that because I haven't heard her speak um, Arabic in quite some time, to be fair. 
Um, but anyway, so I saw that, and then she, my mother said, "Oh yeah, this this woman is from、um, Canada." I was like, "Oh damn!"、Um, and then basically we we talked for like an hour or an hour and a half, and some really really interesting info I got from her. She even gave me her phone number because she said that there is a couple of people.、Um, That because I was talking about San Diego, I plan on going over there.、Um, and she said that she's got a couple of connections there, and that she, yeah. So, so basically, what she does is she travels around the world, basically, and she, you know she decides like, all right, let me stay a couple of months over here, a couple of months over there, which is pretty darn dope, I have to say. So yeah, anyways, that's what she basically did. And、um, so she said, "All right,、uh, I'll give you my number, and you can text me、uh, the information, so I can I can hook you up with the contacts." And that was really dope that, of her to do that. I thought that was awesome. And、um, yeah, th- th- that's、uh, yeah. I, <laughs> that's enough of that conversation. Really, I don't really know. What else to say about that? But I was really impressed,、um, and it's just one of the most awesome things ever. I, I think, generally speaking, when you're in a public environment, like an airport, for instance, where you're just waiting, just just randomly talk to a person. You know, I understand how women can be a little hesitant when it comes to that. Like women. Like a woman being a little hesitant to approach another guy just to talk with them, so that time goes by quicker. Because the woman might be afraid that the guy then all of a sudden thinks that he's that she's into her, but she doesn't want him to think that because it's probably not true. And if you, to be honest, if you're in a relationship, you should probably not seek that conversation. Mm, yeah, because in reality, it would probably, yeah, the, this is how I look at a healthy relationship. In a healthy relationship, in my opinion, you should tell each other. Well, you should act. You should always act like your partner is next to you, and seeing and like your partner sees everything that you do. Even if that's not the case, you know. So even when the, your partner isn't there, you, sh- you should act like that. Your partner is there, watching you. Not in a creepy way, but just basically being like, "All right, would your partner approve of your action? Would they feel comfortable? Would you act the same way?" So basically, that you know.、Um, but generally speaking, it's great for passing time, but it's also great. To just have conversations with people,、mm, to talk, to talk about random things, you know, and it th- doesn't have to be any intention behind it. Like, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sleep with this person. No, no, no. Like, relax all that, you know. Let that shit go. Do let it go, and just have normal human conversations. That's I think is really important to have that. Uh, to kind of normalize 
one-on-one -on -one conversations, which I believe used to, used to be a lot more common, but now in the social media age, that really has gone back quite a bit. People leave the house uh, less frequently, you know? I mean, I'm one of the best examples of that. I really enjoy staying at home, but this is how I, like, I always, like, uh, characterize myself as a, or categorize myself as a social introvert, you know? So basically, I am introverted in the sense that I don't mind being alone for quite some time, though there is a limit. At some point, even I am like, you know what? I want to be with someone. I definitely know for sure that I want to be in a relationship. Not sure when, but um, I want to be ready when the right one comes. The right one has not come yet, so I shall wait longer. I'm not one of those people who that need to get into a relationship because I cannot be alone. I'm absolutely not one of those people. There's a lot of extroverted people out there that are like that. And thus, and that's actually a major detrimental point in their life. That's why they get into a lot more relationships, a lot more heartbreak. Uh, yeah, and at the end of the day, in terms of social interactions, a lot more failures, but also a lot more experience. So, which I guess that's a success. It's how you, it's about how you look at it. Um, I personally view it as less relationships, more quality time. I think that's better. Um, yeah, less relationships, but basically being more picky and being patient and not minding if you have to wait years and years for the right one. Yeah, which is what I've been doing. And look at me. I'm always happy on this podcast, pretty much. Uh, always in a good good mood, pretty much, because I approach life in a pretty positive manner. With a pretty positive manner. So it's all about how you approach life, how you approach certain situations throughout your life, even during tough um, situations that you're going through. Are you just going to let them bring you tear you down or are you gonna be like you know what it's happening and it hurts but life is still good for me personally I'm still healthy and uh, I still ha have my friends to talk to I still have this person in my family and that person in my family that I really like and really enjoy spending time with I really like this neighbor of mine, that neighbor of mine. I really like going to this place every day and that place. If you always pick the good parts, that's when you're really, truly happy most of the time. That's kind of how I've been doing it. And uh, yeah, so anyways, jumping forward. Now I'm in a hotel and I, this weather, I got to tell you, man. I don't think I've ever seen weather this like it, it's actually insane how good the weather is over here it's warm or not too warm um, yeah it's like 25 26 degrees Celsius 
uh, which in Fahrenheit would be like probably like 80 or 78, 80 degrees. Let me let me look this up very quickly so that I can give you the exact numbers. Yeah, actually, that was very accurate when I said 70, uh, 78 or 80. Yes, basically, 77 degrees Fahrenheit would be 25 degrees um, Celsius. And, uh, yeah, I feel um, this weather is nuts. I swear, we have the lights on here. The um, door, you know, the window, door, whatever you call it, to the balcony is completely open. And there's literally not a single animal inside this room. It's nuts. It is insane. I have never been in, in a place on planet Earth that has had this insane kind of luxury in terms of the weather and animal that usually, especially with this climate here, you would really not think that. You would think, all right, some, some like fly will get, get in or some bug or, um, what's that called? Uh, the thing that can bite you. Um, schnake. Uh, a, a crane fly, apparently, is what it's called, or uh, a stichmeke is also what we call it, which technically is what is meant usually. Or a midge or mosquito, that's right. Yeah, you would think that it, like mosquitoes would get in, like Florida, for instance, is notorious for that, or isn't it like also Arizona and Texas for sure? Yeah, those basically really hot places. But at this time of the year, in October, in this particular place in Turkey, which I'll probably reveal later on, uh, it's this is actually the perfect weather. And uh, yeah, it's great, man. It's great being back in Turkey. The people, it's just there's a there's an insane level, insane difference in the in terms of just the humane aspect. I will not say Germans are the most the unfriendliest people on the planet. Definitely not. I have heard this is just. Please don't get upset if you if I name you. But um, I have heard that French people are not very nice. I have heard that people in London are not very nice. You know, I have heard that people in New York City, people in LA are not very nice. These are just the things that I have heard. Doesn't mean that that's true. And it certainly does not apply to everybody. And I'm talking about French people, I think it's mainly Paris. I mean, it might be a little more widespread. Uh, sure, but, you know, in Germany, there's definitely... I don't know, it, it, it's in the blood. The Germans tend to be more cold. This also applies to French people, English people. Um probably Americans too but more so white Americans so Caucasians rather than black people I don't know black culture culture in America I think they're a little warmer maybe 
I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I can't really comment on, in, on America because there's so much there. Like it's so difficult to pinpoint exactly what American you're talking about. You know, which American you're talking about. Um, in Germany, it's or England or France. You still, you kind of still can. I feel like categorize and generalize them, but um, of course, like I said, this is not does not apply to everybody. I'm not even saying this applies to the majority. Yeah, because I'm not even sure I would believe that it applies to the majority. But maybe, just I'm talking about strangers on the street. I don't feel they're very nice to you. If they know you, they're probably going to be really nice to you. Uh, I'm talking about Germans here, because that's been my experience. If you know those strangers, uh, and th they're those strangers are German, they're probably going to be pretty nice to you, if they know you from somewhere. But if they don't know you, yeah, they're not going to... I don't know, I don't feel that warmth from them, I don't feel that that hospitality, that kind heart from them anymore. Uh, it, it, I think it kind of used to be different, um, but I don't know, um, politics are always affecting people's mindsets and how they feel, how they go through the world and people being upset about the world and everything and about the government and then letting it out on people which is just wrong <sighs> so many just annoying things really but in turkey um this definitely also applies to a bunch of other um countries more so in the eastern realm don't exactly know which parts possibly some arab parts arabic Arabic parts um, but there's a but this one this statement that I'm about to make specifically applies to Turkey because I don't really I, I don't really have the experience with other Eastern countries so Turkish people are very oh probably also Italians to be fair but Turkish people are very um, they're very warm and family is a very major factor in them it's very family is like sacred to turkish people it's very very important to them and um and you can tell that from strangers as well sure there's some nutty people walking around but they're all they're everywhere all around the world definitely but generally speaking turkish people and that's the thing that like surprises me when people uh, basically attack uh, I don't know Islam for instance for being misogynistic which it really isn't uh, but of course people don't actually read up on stuff when I say read up on stuff read the Quran um, and read the Quran the way it should be read but uh, what I've found and this is so obvious really is that women are treated much better in Turkey than women are treated in Germany, for instance. And you would think it would be the other way around, you know? You would think so, but 
it's really not because, and I, I have a few possible explanations for this. Uh, first of all, one of the reasons being that in Turkish families, um, the man tends to stay at home with his parents, with his mother and father for longer than say in Germany or Western countries in general. In Western countries such as Germany, for instance, um, young men tend to move out at around 18, 19, 20 years old, right? In Turkish culture, that's not really the case. You'll, ha you'll see a lot of 25-year-old men still being at home with their mothers. They might still be, they might already be working, but they, they're still going to be with their, closer to their family. So family and that mother-son connection is going to, rem will remain uh, for longer. And it'll have a, a much deeper uh, effect than, say, in Western, it does in Western countries. Because for some reason, and this is something that I found when I, in my, like, final year at school, there was basically like, uh, in a, we, there was like a poll. Oh yeah, who will be at home with their mother when they're 30? I was not on that list. You know, it was a poll, it was a survey, kind of a funny thing it was meant to be, I guess. Uh, for our, our like final, uh, yeah, journal, school journal, whatever you want to call that. Um, school newspaper, whatever. And basically, there was one kid really upset. When I say kid, I mean 18-year-old guy. Uh, the, the really upset that they were like first or second on that list. And then and he said, oh, I'd be the first one to move out. And I'm, I was just, I just kept thinking, what is so terrible about being with your parents? Like, aren't, aren't you supposed to show some kind of appreci appreciation to them? You know? Um, it's fine if you move out, but being like, oh, oh, I'm going to be the first one to move out. It's like, I don't know, that just really left a sour taste in my mouth because it's like, you're kind of, you're indirectly saying that it is bad to live with your parents. I know that you're not really saying that, but that's kind of what it sounds like to some people. I know, you kind of got upset that, that uh, you were, I guess, depicted as a mama's boy or whatever. But what is so bad about that, huh? Because I'll tell you what, a lot of, uh, especially black Americans, black Amer American men will have no problem whatsoever saying that they're a mama's boy. Because that just means that they love their mother and always have. And that their mother is very special to them. Now my point with this whole thing is that in, for instance, the Turkish culture, the woman, you know, or the mother is looked at as a very, very um, valuable, important aspect and thing of, in society. And they're cherished, appraised, and really loved by their sons. So when you have a stranger, a man that you don't know on the street, and a woman is in danger, she's getting attacked or whatever, 
it is way more likely that a Turkish man helps out that stranger woman than it is in uh, in Germany. Yeah, and that that is sad. That that's um, kind of yeah. Because I guess nowadays it's like in Germany. Yeah, women, men, and women. We're all the same. Yeah, well, except we're not. Alright, so I just had to leave the room and actually go outside now into the beautiful weather. Nightlife looks very, very nice. You know? I'll give you another tip for the location. There's a lot of palm trees around here. It looks beautiful. But anyways, um, now actually let me think about what I want to say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> funny thing is... Um, I, I just checked with my mother to make sure that I wasn't tripping and she actually agreed with pretty much all the points yeah with all the points that I was making uh, that that you know that family has a is of bigger value in Turkey she, she said it's also like that with it's Italy which I agree with because Italian people also seem to be um, tend to be very passionate you know you can tell like for instance if you watch the Godfather movies uh, you will tell immediately that they're much more passionate but of course there's also the stereotype out there of Italy uh, Italian people you know uh, basically telling stories with their hands which is um, kind of true I guess um, but yeah that warmth is also there with it Italy but basically the Mediterranean people are warm people in general and you can just you can just tell, man, there's a different way of treating people here in, uh, in uh, the Medita Mediterranean countries. In this particular example, uh, Turkey, which is just really, really nice. Um, now, traffic, you know, <laughs> you're not going to go to Turkey to uh, experience great driving because... <laughs> It's uh, it's uh, quite the problem, and it's not the only problem uh, that Turkey has, unfortunately. Um, you know, I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, the politics. You know, Turkish people are struggling. The uh, economy is struggling big time, which is very, very sad. Um, it's great for tourists coming from... Um, you know, economically strong countries and to, to go shopping, for instance, because everything is quite cheap, though it's not as cheap anymore in relation to the euro, for instance, because they're slowly now actually coming up to the euro prices. They're still around, it's still like, like cheaper here in Turkey, like about half basically uh, so for instance you would have something for like 10 euros in Ger uh, that would cost something that would cost 10 euros in Germany but you then come here to um, Turkey in relation if you convert it it'll be around 5 euros it, it's still gonna be that relation which is of course that's still great for tourists but it used to be it used to be it used to be more like 10 euros and convert it over it would be like three euros or two euros two and a half um yeah so it used to be more like that 
But, um, yeah. So, of course, the people here are struggling. Inflation, that's a big problem. But, at the end of the day, the spirit of the people is still there. They are very nice. And I don't see this, the same type of kind of hatred um, that I see in some of the other countries that are supposed to be so civilized. You know, I'm talking about Western countries here, which is very unsettling that there's this like movement, crazy movement from the right or the left even. You don't have that in Turkey. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it's not a crazy, like radical, violent, super angry, movement filled with hatred it just doesn't exist here and i think that's why i, th I think it's genuinely because uh there's a more there's a brotherhood here you know it's uh there's more of a recognition here that we are all just human beings you know so yeah I think I went through... Did I go through all the points? I feel like I, I missed out on one. Yeah, well, I already said that, like, for instance... Uh, by the way, this, like, stereotype... Um, that the woman doesn't have, like, any chances here. That, that she's, like, forced to be as a housewife in countries like Turkey, for instance. That is completely untrue. That is so untrue. If you look at like Turkish universities, I believe most of them are actually female. They're women. Not men, no. Most women who study, who seek for higher education in Turkey, are female. Most people, that's right. So this... this um, stereotype that like people have of um, well that's the thing a lot of people actually mix up like Turkey and with Middle Eastern countries because Turkey is not in the Middle East and if people actually came here and lived here and actually had Turkish connections and constantly talk to Turkish people then they would realize that that's really not the case I'm not saying this is a flawless country because it isn't there are some serious issues here, especially when you look at the economy and just genuine order in terms of, you know, traffic and uh, certain other things with paperwork and, yeah, there's some uh, really awkward stuff sometimes going on. But if you're talking about just the heart of a person, I think... Uh, this is uh, this country is filled with a lot of genuinely good people, and they are genuine people and honest, and they're warm and they'll treat you like a human being, and they genuinely treat you in a way where they would want you to to treat you this to you know basically there's the saying out there right where it's basically treat others the way you want to be treated yourself and that's how they act over here that is unfortunately not how uh, some other people um, 
across the world, unfortunately. So yeah, I kind of feel like I covered most, mostly everything. I hope so. I'm, I'm trying to think. Let me think. I also, uh, this is gonna be not everybody's, well, I mean, I'm sure a bunch of you didn't agree with the things that I was saying, even though a bunch of you have not been to Turkey properly yet and don't actually have Turkish family, so, but anyways, um, I feel like Turkish mothers prepare their daughters better than Western mothers. And this includes American mothers, yes. Um, because, and this is gonna be the, um, this is gonna be the, again, me generalizing. But you guys are gonna have to listen because uh, this is gonna be easy to twist in, into like, as if, as if I'm saying something else, but I'm not. So you guys got to make sure to really understand what I'm saying here. Um, because I think, okay, let's start first. When a Turkish woman gets pregnant and a Ger uh, and German or let's just, or American or it doesn't matter actually. When a Turkish woman gets pregnant and then when a Western woman gets pregnant, more Turkish women on average are tend to then you know remain uh, um, housewives you know to take for care for their kid they basically spend more time with their kid uh, I'm not saying that's the case with um, that's not happening at all with Western women no it uh, totally does but there's more of a commitment, there tends to be more of a commitment, generally speaking, when it comes to German, uh, Turkish mothers uh, for, their, for their kids. Yeah, so a lot of them will actually stop working. And then the man will be the, the main sole provider uh, for the family. And this is not because the woman is forced to do that. It absolutely isn't. No, it is because of the woman's choice. You know, she wants to do it herself. Which is perfectly fine. I mean, somebody's got to take care of them. And uh, it doesn't have to be full time. But if the mother feels that they want to take care for the kid, then I'm just saying that, that, that the Turkish mother will be more inclined to basically give 100% of her time to the kid, which is, of course, extremely, extremely stressful and time-consuming and uh, nerve-wracking. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, th those women are, are, are real troopers, I got to tell you. They're amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think because of spending more time with your kids, that'll, um, hold on. Yeah, so basically that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that a, a, a Turkish, uh, that, that a, like a German woman, English woman, 
French woman, uh, American woman doesn't love their kid. I am not saying that whatsoever. I am just saying, the only thing that I am saying though, is that if you spend more time with your kid, that that will automatically also help them be a little more prepared into their role in society, you know? For instance, uh, a woman telling their son, though this is often also the father's duty, um, to basically be a provider for the family, take care of them, uh, protect them, you know? Um, you know, stand up for your family, and so on. You know, these are traditional values that are some, some for some reason, are now kind of people roll their their eyes at them. You know, I mean, in Western society, this is still very, very common in countries like uh, Turkey, Russia, um, China, maybe, probably. Uh, Japan, Thailand, I guess, and of course a lot of other countries. I mean, uh, you can really take this uh, list and have like 60 to 65, maybe 70% of all the countries in the world would be on that list. Uh, where traditional values are instilled in society, in, to, yeah. But that's, that's the only thing that I was saying, that because you spend more time with them, that also means that you're going to teach them a little more and that you're going to prepare them a little better. Now some, now others would argue, and I think that is a fair argument, if you mm, don't spend enough time, if you don't say you work, that, that automatically will kind of prepare them for life in the sense that they'll have to look out for each other and for them to find a way. That is a fair argument. But personally, I think that if somebody experienced who, who you trust, who loves you, who you love, has been through their life and, and shares their life wisdom with you, I think that that is more valuable. That's also how I kind of try to live my life. I'm listening to not just my, my uh, mother, but I'm listening to basically all the people that I respect, that I care for, and that I would want advice from. So I listen to them. Also a lot of, a bunch of like um, famous people uh, listening to their advice. And I listen to all kinds of different advice. A lot of advice that would contradict uh, itself. Because I really want to um, just hear people out, listen to what they're saying, and uh, decide for myself which ones I want to go with, you know? Uh, what do I agree with? What do I think seems logical? Basically, doing a little, some brainstorming, essentially. That's, that's then my task. That's something for me to do. And then I form my own opinion. That doesn't mean that once I formed my opinion that I will never change it. That absolutely does not mean it whatsoever. I, I constantly change my opinion on things. Remember the thing that I, like when I was talking about COVID and the vaccine and so on. 
Uh, and by the way, with the information that I was talking about, which I guess now it's untrue because at this point we still have not seemingly gotten evidence, proper evidence or enough evidence that has been backed up plenty of times that vaccination also prevents or lowers transmission of the virus. You know, which I was arguing that it would because of the one source that I had gotten, which I kept saying, to be fair, at that particular podcast, which I believe was like the Christmas special, which was so not a Christmas topic, to be fair. It was, it was the Christmas special uh, 2011, uh, t- sorry, 2021. And uh, basically I kept arguing how that you should get vaccinated because it would... Um, reduce the risk of transmission but evidently I guess that kind of turned out to be not true I don't know but even despite that information honestly at this point I don't care and I haven't cared for like quite some time now uh, whether you got vaccinated or not I don't care I don't care whatsoever I couldn't care less I really couldn't uh, yeah and I, I just look at now. I just look at it like, all right, it's a decision everyone has to make for themselves. If you get, did get vaccinated, cool. If you didn't get vaccinated, also cool. I don't care. So yeah, that's how how I tend to look at it now. Um, but you know, so that's the same thing with what I was. Well, what I've said right now about the. Um, treatment of the woman in say the Turkish culture and in the Western um, demographic which is of course a much bigger demographic because you're not just talking about Germany but you're also talking about France and I don't know about Spain I think Spanish women might have a bigger a higher standard in society as well because I think family might have a more um, significant uh, might have yeah be more significant in society in, in culture engraved into, into uh, Spanish culture possibly because I kind of look at like Sp- Sp- Spain and Brazil and um, Italy I think they're oh that is a muzzle is that... Oh, that's... I think that is a Maserati Quattroporte. Though I'm not sure. I might be... I am not sure. I think it is. Yep. Now I'm sure. It has to be. My God, that car... Looks quite good. Or is it a Gran Turismo? Which would be even better. It's now parked. So let me take a look. That looks sick. Oh my god. Damn. Hey, yo, that's actually amazing. (laughs) No, I think it is the Quattroporte, which looks surprisingly good in person. Yep. 
And I'm surprised how good by how good it looks. Damn. My god. Hey yo, I'm actually quite blown away by it. Cause this is a proper good looking car. Yeah, it is the Quattro Porte. Damn, it looks sweet. <laughs> oh my god, I'm kind of in love right now. Jeez, that's sick. That is so sick. Okay, uh, let me pause. Okay, so by the way, I hope the background noise isn't too great. I know it's quite loud out here. Um, but man, it's so nice. Like, I'm walking around in a t shirt right now. It's 8 10 p.m., it's been dark for the past two hours and the weather is so good it's actually nuts and you know I'm one of those people who, who like gets cold very often uh, and very quickly yeah man dude I swear Germany is a struggle for my skin type it really is but this is just Man, it's smooth, it's easy, there's a little bit of a wind there, so it makes it nice. But the wind isn't like dry heat, basically, because that's, wind can also sometimes be that, and that's not necessarily very nice then. But this is a little bit of a cold breeze, but a very, very slight one that isn't too great, which is very, very pleasant, I have to say. But my god, that, is, that Maserati Quattroporte, I am super impressed. Especially in the dark with the lights on, for show. That looks... Oh. And I, I'm surprised how, like, some of the awesome cars that I've seen uh, here. And I haven't gone outside very much, to be fair. But, like, the first day, basically, that I was here, I saw a... Um, it, was a, it, was a it was a Ferrari f430 which i was like it was a red one as well a ferrari red is exactly the color it should be it looked oh it looked so nice and it sounded great and i was just so happy to see one i i, I was like dude this is my first day what's going on over here is this dubai uh and then i also saw a uh i saw a mustang gt which i mean you, to be fair you see them very often quite often in general but they're always very nice to look at. And of course, the sound is always amazing. The sound of a V8, it's just um, incredible. A couple of BMW i8s, which I like because of the doors, you know? The doors, like they are on a Lamborghini, for instance. Or on a, what a Lamborghini should have. You know, I'm looking at you, Huracan. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know... Also saw a Dodge Challenger SRT. I don't think it was a help. Ah, there's another BMW i8. Um, I don't think it was a Hellcat, but I don't know to be fair. I haven't really looked into the different into differences into how to recognize a Hellcat from say a Scat Pack from a normal SRT as well. I couldn't really tell, so sorry about that. Um, but yeah, and of course now this uh, Maserati Quattroporte, which is just a really nice S. Man, that car is sweet. It really is. 
but yeah, it's so kind of a cool lifestyle here, man. The people are just, they're just, even though they're struggling, you can still tell that, I think, a part in uh, people's happiness, and you will see this in um, America too. America is a great example for that. Um, people in Tur Turkey tend to be a little more, a little happier, a little more appreciative because of their belief in God. You know, the belief in a higher power automatically gives into more appreciation for the more simpler things that you have in life you know and because of the belief of life having you know or being a higher of a higher purpose it really does make you just more at ease with life and more in touch with life it really does because you're really just there's so much you can then explore with the religion and so on and you can really tell that for instance in america that's the same thing i mean of course instead of the, the same thing here with islam um in turkey that would be the same thing with christianity in america the appreciation though is still pretty much the same it's the appreciation and the the dedicating your life to a higher power and uh, living your life accordingly uh, living the life God would want you to act even though uh, that is the I would have to say most difficult task for a religious person um, and it's um, it sometimes feels impossible to live this super ideal Deal life but it is a great objective a great goal for a person because it really makes them try to be the ultimate version of themselves and I think that is a great great mindset to have so for instance in America it would be more around countryside where people are living a much more much simpler uh, life people would call it simpler it would basically be not in the city but in more countryside where they have like a would have like a ranch or like a little house or just, just just a little some you know nothing too fancy internet access not really there and they, they, they would have some issues and also not be financially very well off but guess what they believe in God um, they trust in God, they are very appreciative of them, and it makes them happier. It makes them happier in their life. You know, I, I think, and that's why so many people who actually get, the, who get depressed, so many people who get depressed seek a higher power, turn to religion, turn, turn to the church, for instance, tends to be one thing that happens a lot in America and that they then automatically all of a sudden feel a lot better because now everything all of a sudden makes sense and now all of a sudden life is worth living again
Um, and I know we could take this topic a lot further with, um, you know, the, I guess we could call it the sexual liberation of the West. That is a whole nother topic. But it kind of goes into that, that when you have a godless society, which is really the trend that is happening in America, and I do think that is unfortunate, because it is that basically a godless society is pure wokeness um, and wokeness unfortunately is not what it once meant in say 10 years ago and that's the thing that's the dangerous thing when looking back at history uh, when say 10 years from now 20 years from now say in the year 2040 all right and people look back at woke or at, at any term or whatever. And they look back and then and what they see is somebody saying, I am woke in 2012. That sentence, that phrase, I am woke in 2012 does not mean at all the same woke that woke means in uh, 2022. It's a completely different thing. But when you look back at it in history, all of a sudden, those terms are the same. So you would think that this person now was this thing, even if they weren't. But it's confusing because terms, all of a sudden, the term doesn't change, but the meaning of the term changes. But when looking back at it in history, well... It really very much so feels like the exactly the same. And that is, is very dangerous. And I kind of want to, yeah, I want to wrap this up now. I think I've talked about the status of a woman in, in uh, uh, Turkish culture more specifically. I cannot really comment on that with it Italian culture, unfortunately because I just haven't been to Italy before and to those other places. But I, I have been to Germany before. Guess what? I have lived there all my life. And I have been to Turkey uh, a lot, many, many times. And of course, I, I, um, I also have a Turkish family. So there you go. And when it comes to America, and I, I very much so... Uh, I do have American friends, but I... Uh, I mean, you don't have to live in America to know what's going on. I, I am subscribed to all the news networks, have been for years, and constantly stay up, um, stay up to date. So, yeah, that's kind of it. I think, I think I'm done now. I like this hotel. Food is pretty damn good, man. That that man, I love that about Turkish food, and most people would agree. Um, yeah, like in Germany. Turkish food is huge. Yeah, it's very popular. Also in England, though, and I believe in America, too, where you have, like, kebab, you know? Eating a kebab or... I mean, I even talked to my uh, buddy in Houston about this. Um, there's also a couple of... Um, I think it's called pite, pite, or something like that. It's called pide over here. Uh, and Turkish uh, writing would be P-I-D-E 
Turkish bread, basically. But there's also other things that he uh, wrote down. I'm sure I'll just name a couple that you might be familiar with. The big ones like baklava, for instance. Baklava is very popular, sweet, Turkish sweet. And then of course, there's um, the doner kebab, or as we say it in Turkish, doner. Then there's also the yufka, which technically, according to my mother, I believe, she said that yufka is basically just the type of bread that it is, which is the rolling the bread. So the yufka doesn't actually mean anything. It's like when you say, I want a yufka, that would technically only mean I want the bread. <laughs> but that term used by Germans because they don't know any better, but it's fine. I mean, now at the donor kebab shops, you see that, you see it just written as yufka, and now it kind of means a different thing in Germany uh, than it than what it actually means. Like if you say it in Turkish, they'll probably just give you the bread, or there's at least a chance of that happening for sure. Uh, oh no! The Maserati is gone. Well, that's super sad. Or is it? Or, or did I just walk? Ah, it might still be there. Or is it gone? I don't know. Uh, but yeah. And of course there's... Uh, yeah, well, well they would say now durum. Like for instance, tavuk durum. Which would be um, chicken... Durum or chicken yufka, you you could call that, I guess, and so on. There's Adana as well, which I love, an Adana kebab. Yeah, there's a lot, but uh, all right, time to wrap this up. I'm on vacation, I want to watch a movie. There you go. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Uh, please stay safe, take care, and wear a condom.